Where are you going? You're not eight-year-old yet, are you? <laughs> wow. If that blessed you real good, would you let it be known by saying amen? amen. That was good. You know, that's a, just a little taste of what your young people are doing on Wednesday nights. Uh, they're doing kind of their own thing, so to speak, but uh, it's just remarkable. And when the younger kids come in, man, they just feed on that. They just love it. And they like to join up uh, right here in the front, and they sing right back at them as they're singing out. So it's just a huge, huge blessing. And I just want to commend uh, the whole Bethel Youth Group and the leaders as well. Uh, what a blessing it is. One Sunday morning, there was a little child who was acting up during the morning worship service, and his parents were doing their very best to bring some semblance of order in the pew, but they were losing the battle. So finally, the father got a little agitated. He picked up the little boy, and he walked sternly down the aisle, headed for the door. And just before they reached the safety of the foyer, the little boy called out loudly to the congregation, Pray for me! Pray for me! Amen? Boy, I bet you he needed it too. Do we believe in prayer? Do we really believe in prayer? We say we do. We say we believe in prayer, but it seems that most people only believe in prayer in times of emergency. Many people only pray when they're confronted with something extremely difficult or something they can't handle in their own power. The members of one family went to the funeral home. They went early for some private time with their deceased husband and father. At the sight of this man laying in the casket, the wife just broke down and began crying hysterically. After a moment, she said out loud, Would somebody please pray? What would you do if you were in that situation? It's astounding to me how true it is that coming into the presence of God has such a calming effect. Shouldn't that tell us a little something about prayer? Shouldn't that tell us a little something about the fact that we need more time in His presence in order to calm us down, in order to comfort us in the hectic times we find in our lives? Shouldn't it remind us of the truth that Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4 when he wrote, Don't be anxious for anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. That lady's husband meant so much to her. And at his loss, you know what she needed? She needed some help. She needed 
a comfort that no man on earth could provide. At his loss, she needed God. She needed God. But why pray? Aren't there other things we could do to receive that comfort? Why pray? Well, think about it for a second. In prayer, we humble ourselves before our Creator, He who made us. We humble ourselves before our King. We humble ourselves before our God, and we admit that we have need of Him. We admit that we are helpless in our situation. We admit that we need Him, that we need His strength, we need His power, we need His help, we need His blessing, we need His mercy, we need His grace, and He's the only one that can give it to us. That's why we come to Him in prayer. We do need all those things. We do need those things, but would you agree that God wants to hear our prayers in every area of our life, not just in the times of crisis. Because let me tell you something, in every area of your life, you're helpless. In every area of your life, you need the strength of God. In every area of your life, you need His grace and His mercy. Not just in the times of distress, not just in the times of struggle, certainly not just in the times of crisis. But how can we know? How can we know that God will hear our prayers? King David of Israel, a man after God's own heart, wrote the fifth psalm. And in it, I believe that he provides us with five easy ways that we can know that God hears our prayers. Let's read it together. Psalm number five. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for to you I will pray. My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you, and I will look up. For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness, nor shall evil dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand in your sight. You hate all workers of iniquity. You shall destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. But as for me, I will come to your, into your house in the multitude of your mercy. In fear of you, I will worship toward your holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your face straight before my face. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. The inward part is destruction. The throat is an open tomb. They flatter with their tongue. Pronounce them guilty, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Cast them out in the multitude of their transgressions. For they have rebelled against you. But let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. 
Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor you will surround them as with a shield. Let us pray. Father God, thank you so much for desiring to hear the prayers of your children. Help us to see these things that will let us know when our prayers are being heard by you. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. The first way I believe that this psalm shows us that we can know that God hears our prayers is when we ask early. How many of you are early morning risers? Raise your hand. How many of you don't want to get up early in the morning? Rory White, you better raise your hand. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen to what the Bible says in verse 3. My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning, Rory, I will direct it to you and I will look up. How can you know that God will hear your prayers? When you ask early. Does the Lord hear your voice every morning? I hope He does. I hope He does. In Mark 1.35, the Word of God says that very early, Rory, you're really in trouble now, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, bro, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left his house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Why did he get up very early while it was still dark? Because he wanted to pray. Friend, the goal of the Christian life is to become more like Jesus. That's our goal. That's our aim. We should become more like him. And friend, if the Son of God, who made one-on-one -on -one time with his Father early, say early, say it louder, early, then shouldn't we? Jesus made time with his Father early in the morning, a priority. So shouldn't we? His children, shouldn't we then get our lazy tails up out of the bed? Amen? Guilty as charged. Shouldn't we get our lazy tails up out of the bed and spend some much needed time with Daddy, with our Father in heaven? Boy, we sure need it before our day starts. Author of Pilgrim's Progress, uh, John Bunyan wrote this. He said, he who runs from God in the morning will scarcely find him the rest of the day. Wow, I believe that's true. Could it be true? Man, if it is true, then we better start our days off with prayer. Amen? We ought to start early in the day. And you know, I have discovered that my days go better when I start my days early in prayer. Bunyan also wrote this. He said, you can do more than pray after you've prayed, but you can't do more than pray until you've prayed. That's so, so true. It's prayer, friends, that develops our faith in God. It's prayer that develops our strength to persevere the difficult times of life. It's prayer that begins to develop our understanding of God's will as he shares it to us in his word. 
It's prayer, friends, that will develop an understanding of why we're here. So many times I've wondered, Lord, why am I here? And it's in the quiet times of the morning prayer where he reveals those things to me. With all that prayer does, with all the benefits of prayer, why would you not want to do this first thing? We should all seek the Lord early in the morning. I got up early one morning and I rushed right into the day. I had so much to accomplish, I didn't have time to pray. Troubles just tumbled about me and heavier came each task. Why doesn't God help me, I wondered. He answered, you didn't ask. I tried to come into God's presence. I used all the keys at the lock. God gently and lovingly warned me, why child, you didn't knock. I wanted to see joy and beauty, but the whole day seemed gray and bleak. I called on the Lord for the reason. He said, son, you didn't seek. So I woke up early this morning. And I paused before entering the day. I had so much to accomplish, I had to take time to pray. Amen. The Lord Jesus encourages his children, his disciples, to uh, ask and knock and seek. He says in Matthew chapter 7, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. For he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Why would you not want to do this first thing in the morning? Why would you not want the things that you're asking for be given to you first thing? Why would you not want the door open to you first thing? Why would you not want what you're seeking in this life to be revealed to you first thing in the morning? You know, C.S. Lewis wrote a, a, a book, and in that book he wrote this. The moment that you wake up every morning, all your wishes and all your plans and all your hopes for the day rush in at you like a wild animal. But your first job, the very first job that you have in the morning should be to shove it all back. To push it all back. And to listen to God's voice. To uh, just take in God's perspective, God's point of view on what he wants you to do. To let God who is stronger and larger and wiser than you come flowing in. you got to push back all the worries of the day. And give those first moments to God in prayer. I believe that's exactly what happens, friends. When we devote time to God first thing in the morning, we get all those blessings of having Him direct our day. George Mueller, a missionary who was the director of the Ashley Down Orphanage in London, England, he cared for about 10,024 orphans through the whole course of his life. Mueller prayed about everything. And when he prayed, he expected his prayers to be answered. Do you expect your prayers to be answered? Do you really expect your prayers to be answered? When Mueller was asked how much time he spent in prayer, his reply was, I spend hours every day 
Wow. Hours every day. But I live in the spirit of prayer. I live in the spirit of prayer. I pray as I walk. I pray as I lie down. I pray as I get up. And you know what? The answers are coming all day long. Wow. We all want our prayers answered, right? How would you like the answers to your prayers coming all day long? Well, can I tell you that you can't expect them to come all day long if you don't ask all day long? Amen? So important. Begin your morning with prayer. If you want those prayers answered, if you do, if you want God to hear your prayers, you've got to ask early and ask often. Amen? But I believe that the psalmist in Psalm 5 also tells us that we ought to hate evil. Look, verse 4. For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness, nor shall evil dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand in your sight. You hate all workers of iniquity. You shall destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. Hate evil. If God hates evil, how much more should we hate evil? How should we view evil? How should we look at evil knowing that our Father in heaven despises evil? Romans 12, 9, the Bible says this, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. The Word of God commands us to hate what is evil and cling to what is good. On August 13th of last year, a father of three a father of three was charged with first-degree murder in the death of Brianne Rodriguez, his three-year-old who went missing August the 6th while riding her pink bicycle. Sean Morgan, age 43, told authorities that he felt like it took an hour for that girl to die as he suffocated her with a white trash bag. When you hear stories like that, how can you not despise evil? How can you not hate evil? I mean, if you don't hate evil, how can you appreciate what's good? And of course, we're not just to hate that kind of evil. We're to hate all kinds of evil, all manner of evil. But the bottom line is, I believe that God wants us to have his heart about what is good and what is evil. We got to love and encourage good things and hate and take a stand against evil things. Seems the more that we do that, the more God will hear our prayers. And the more that we don't shun evil the less it seems that God hears our prayers. Isaiah 59, the Bible reads, To God's people now, to God's people, your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden His face from you, get this, so that He will not hear you. It begins with the church, friends. We need to take a stand against evil if you want God to answer your prayers seek his face early and seek it often
But if you want God to hear your prayers, you got to hate all manner of evil. Get this, even the evil you might find in yourself. But not only that, I believe the psalmist wants us to see that in order for our prayers to be heard by God, we also ought to seek mercy. Verse 7, But as for me, I will come into your house in the multitude of your mercy. In the fear of you, I will worship toward your holy temple. You know, it's only by the the love and, and mercy of God that we're able to come into his presence now. It's certainly only by the mercy of God that we're going to be able to come into his presence eternally in heaven. In fact, every single thing that we have, everything that we do, every breath that we have, every beat of our heart, everything that goes on in our life is surely by the mercy and grace of God. And the sooner we believe that and understand that and live that, the better off we are. It's by mercy that we live. And that means you and I ought to be demonstrating mercy to other people. You ever thought about that? demonstrating mercy to other people. Jesus said in the Beatitudes, blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Amen? Friends, listen. If you don't treat other people right, do you think, how can you even expect God to treat you right? If you don't treat other people right, how can you even expect God to hear your prayers? Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. I'd like to share with you another prayer, and I'm going to share it slowly, because I want these words to sink into your soul this morning. I knelt to pray when the day was done, and I prayed, O Lord, bless everyone. Lift from every saddened heart the pain And let the sick be well again. And then I woke another day, and I carelessly went upon my way. The whole day long, I did not try to wipe a tear from anyone's eye. I did not try to share the load of any brother on the road. I did not even go to see that sick man right next door to me. Yet once again, when the day was done, I said, Oh, Lord, bless everyone. But as I prayed, into my ear, there came a voice that whispered clear, Pause, hypocrite. Pause, hypocrite, before you pray. Whom have you tried to bless today? God's sweetest blessings always go by hands which serve him here below. And then I hid my face and cried, Forgive me, God, for I have lied. Let me live but another day, and I will live the way I pray. If you want God to answer your prayers, if you want God to hear your words, seek him early and seek him often hate all kinds of evil even that evil that you find within yourself but show mercy the mercy that you received from God show it to other people 
But there's another way. Another way that we can know that God hears our prayers, and that's when we live right. When we live righteously, verse 8. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of mine enemies. Make your way straight before my face. Bob Leeton, a pastor who is known for his humility, his devotion to his calling, once wrote this, really spoke to my heart. A minister's life is to be spent ascending in prayer to fetch blessings from above and then descending down with those blessings to scatter them among men. I believe that not only goes for the minister, that goes for the child of God. That in prayer we always ought to be ascending into the heavens to fetch the blessings of God, then bring them down and scatter them among men. You know, that's really the reason we ought to ask blessings from God. Not for me. Not for me. We ask blessings from God in order to scatter them in our little sphere of influence, to scatter them here on the earth. And one way that we bless others is by living right down here. But even that blessing, we have to receive from God in heaven. And we must say to him, Lord, lead me not in my righteousness, because I don't have any. Lord, lead me in your righteousness. You lead me in the right way of living so that I might bless other people. When you daily pray that, daily pray living in the presence of God, then you know what? You're going to want to live right. You're going to want to live right. But if you don't live right, then you cannot expect God to hear your prayers. Did you hear that, church? If you don't live right, you cannot expect God to hear your prayers. Psalm 66 and verse 18, the word of God says, If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and heard my voice in prayer. You want God to answer your prayers? Do you want God to even hear your prayers? Ask early. Hate evil. Show mercy to others. And live right. But finally, we must also take refuge. Take refuge, verse 11. But let all those who rejoice put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. Take refuge. Many of you may have heard of George Washington Carver. George said this, My prayers seem to be more of an attitude than anything else. He said, I don't give lip service but I ask our great God silently and many times a day to simply permit me to speak with him. I ask him, Lord, would you give me wisdom? Would you give me understanding? Would you give me bodily strength to do your will? So as a result, 
all day long, I'm receiving the things that I need. All day long, I'm asking and receiving. All day long, I'm gaining in wisdom, I'm growing in understanding, and I have the bodily strength to do the will of God. Now, that's a smart man, amen? That's a smart man. Another man, Charles Hodge, a minister, said, I think that in my childhood, I came closer to obeying the verse, pray without ceasing, than any other period in my whole life. He said, as far back as I can remember, I had that habit of thanking God for everything I received and for asking him for everything I ever needed. If I lost a book or a toy, well, I just asked God that I might find it. I prayed while I was walking down the street. I prayed while I was in school and out of school. I prayed while I was praying, playing. I prayed while I was uh, studying. And I didn't pray in obedience to some rule. I didn't pray because somebody told me I had to. It just seemed natural. I thought of God as everywhere present. That no matter where I was, there he was. And he was full of kindness and full of love. And he was one who would not be offended if one of his children came up and asked him for something. The childlike faith in prayer. We all need that. It sounds like that both of these men, however, George Washington Carver and Minister Charles Hodge, both of them found refuge in the Lord. Not just early in the morning, but all day long. They sought him and found refuge in him all day long. Friend, can I tell you, we have to do the same thing. You do it by praying constantly. And by being in constant touch with the Lord. If we believe, and I know you do, but if we believe that God is our refuge, that he is our strength and ever-present uh, help in times of trouble, why would you not want to constantly be talking to him? Because you know troubles are coming, don't you? Amen? You know you're going to have some problems, right? Why would you not want to be in constant contact with he who can give you help in times of trouble? Not just in times of crisis, but all the day long. The author of Hebrews wrote in chapter 4 and verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. God wants us to come often. He wants us to come just expecting. He wants us to come boldly and confidently because he is our refuge and he is our strength. So let us pray and constantly be asking for the mercy and grace we need. Why do we do those things? Because we need him. You don't just need him in times of trouble. You need him all the time. Amen? You need him in times of good, at times of bad. You need him all the time. You always need his mercy. You always need his grace. So we must always be with him. Now back to Psalm chapter 5. And if you're listening, say amen. amen. Verse 1. Give ear 
to my words, O Lord. Give ear to my words, O Lord. If you want the Lord to give ear to your words, I want to encourage you to give ear to His word. If He will, if you will. Amen? He'll give ear to your words if you give heed to His word. He'll do it. He'll give ear to our words if we seek Him, ask Him early. If we hate evil while seeking mercy, He'll give ear to our prayers if we live righteously and take our refuge in Him. Martin Luther's puppy was sitting beside him at the dinner table looking for even a little morsel from his master's table. And the puppy watched with his mouth open, his eyes fixed on his master. And Martin Luther thought to himself, if I could only pray the way this dog watches my food. If I could only pray like this dog watches my food. All of his thoughts... All of his focus, all of his concentration is on my grub. All of his focus is on me and what I might do. Other than that, he don't care what goes on. He has no thought, has no wish, has no hope. It's all about me and what I might provide for him. Man, now that's the way to pray. That's the way to pray. Focused intently on our master. He's the one that's got everything we need. And he's the one that's going to give it. Focused on our master, hoping that he alone will provide us with what we desire and with what we need. Friends, that's really the only way to survive in this world. No matter what the government's doing, no matter what global economy's doing, no matter what's happening, you just target in. You focus in on what the Lord's doing. You focus in on what He's doing. He's the one that's in charge of all this. He'll take care of it. Zero in on the Lord and turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you want to hear the words of your children. Lord, it is my prayer that as the psalmist has written, Lord, that we would be diligent to ask early and ask often. Father, that we would despise evil and take a stand against it. Lord, that we'd be willing to show mercy to other people, that mercy that you show to us so diligently. Father, help us to live right, to live righteously, that our words would be heard by our great God. And Father, no matter what transpires on this earth, no matter how scary it can get, no matter how much trouble we have, Lord, help us to take our refuge in you, knowing that you've got control of it all. Father, that's what we had to do when we were saved. 
We had to come to the conclusion that you and you alone could provide forgiveness for our sins. And you and you alone could provide an opportunity for us to go to heaven. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, if there is one such person here this morning that can't say for sure that they're going to heaven when they die, Lord, that they would make this day the day that they seek your mercy and receive it just as you've given it. Lord, your word says that those who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Lord, I pray that there is one here today that needs to call upon the Lord and know that they are saved. Your will be done in heaven as it is, as it will be on earth, Father. We're going to give you glory for that in advance. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said.